Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're going to try to finish up this series that we've been doing on the judgment seat of Christ. If you have not listened to the first two podcasts on the judgment seat, it would be good to go back and listen to those before you listen to the third one. I'm not going to do a whole lot of review. I'm not going to go back and, and rehash what's already been opened up. It's there for you to listen to. But if you're listening to this one first, it's going to be a little confusing because we don't have the groundwork laid. So we're finishing up a series on the judgment seat of Christ here. So let's let's turn quickly to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. The book of 1 Corinthians chapter number 4. And I just want to go down through these verses. We'll read verses 1 through 7 and kind of expound them a little bit. I believe this would be a good launching off place for the podcast today. The Bible says this, Let a man so account of us as of the ministers of Christ and stewards of the mystery of God. Verse number two, Moreover, it is required in stewards that a man be found faithful. So we need to understand as we walk and live here upon this earth that we're stewards of God, that God has entrusted us not just to be representatives of his kingdom, but to be workers in his vineyard. And we are, to, we are to be found faithful as God looks upon us. And whatever work it is that God's given us to do, we will be judged for how we perform that work and whether or not we were faithful in that work. As we look in the book of Matthew, and we'll come back to 1 Corinthians, but I do want to jump over to the book of Matthew chapter number 25 and verse number 21. And I do understand this is a parable, but it's a, I believe it's a great application of the judgment seat of Christ. Verse number 21, his Lord said unto him, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of thy Lord." Right here, the Lord is making it very clear that we're judged on two things at the judgment seat of Christ, whether we were good and whether we were faithful. Now, being good is just very simply right living. We could just say right living or righteous living or doing the will of God, just being, just being good. That doesn't need much of a definition, nor does the word faithful. Faithful just means consistently being in your place. And the Bible is very clear as we go back to 1 Corinthians 4 that it's required that a steward be found faithful. At the judgment seat of Christ, we are going to be judged not on our accolades, not on our achievements, but whether or not we were good and faithful in the work that God has prepared for us. Verse number 3, But with me it is a very small thing that I should be judged of you or of man's judgment. Yea, I judge not my own self. Here, Paul says he's not worried about being judged by anybody else because of verse 4. For I know nothing by myself, yet am I not hereby justified, but he that judgeth me is the Lord. Now, Paul was saying it's the Lord that's going to judge me, and so I'm not really worried about man's judgment. Now, we do need to be concerned about our testimony and our walk before man, but there's really no reason to judge anything before the time. That's what he says in verse number five. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. So when the Lord comes, he's going to make all these things accountable. He's going to make all these things relevant in our lives. And a lot of times as Christians, we spend a lot of time too concerned with other people and other things and other families and 
other works and not just concerned about being good and faithful in the work that God has for us. It's extremely important because when the Lord comes, this is what he's going to do. Middle of verse number five, who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest the counsel of the heart, and then shall every man have praise of God. Of course, here the Lord's going to come back, and he's going to bring all those hidden things of darkness, those things, remember character is what you do when nobody's watching, all those things that were done in darkness, God's going to shine light on them. All those deeds that we did that were that were considered wrong in the eyes of God, God's going to shine light on them. He said, those hidden things of darkness, and will make manifest, that word manifest means brought to light. It means that he's going he's gonna to make it alive. But then I want you to look at the, the end of the verse there, the counsel of the hearts. And as I looked up this word counsel in my Strong's Concordance, it, it gives this definition of volition. Now, a volition, we know, is a power of choice. It's a will. And God says this, he's going to make the choices of your heart manifest. Meaning very simply, how well did you use the power over your own will? When you stand accountable to God, you're going to stand accountable as an individual, but God's going to make it very apparent to you that the wrong choices were made, and that's why we ended up with the wrong with the wrong results at the judgment seat of Christ. See, in order to, in order to have a full reward before God, we have to make our own choice. We have to use the power of our own will. We have to use our volition. And that's what God gave Adam and Eve in the garden was he gave them a volition. He gave them a choice to do good or evil. Now, they chose to do evil. Unfortunately, a lot of times we all choose to do evil. But we have the choice to choose to do right. And then shall every man have praise of God. Now, that's not talking about praise of men, but it's actually talking about God praising you for doing right. Verse number six. And these things, brethren, I have in a figure transferred to myself, to Apollos, for your sake, that ye might learn in us not to think of men above that which is written, that no one of you be puffed up against another. For who maketh thee to differ from another? And what hast thou that thou didst not receive? Now, if thou didst receive it, why dost thou glory as if thou hadst not received it? What he's saying here, what the Apostle Paul is saying here, is that these gifts are from God. He asked this question. He said, what is thou that thou didst not receive? Everything that we have, God gave us. Our ability to speak, our ability to teach, our ability to be a good witness, our ability to comprehend with our mind is a gift from God. And so we shouldn't be, as it says in verse number six, puffed up one of another. No, we should realize that together we are performing what it is that God has for us. We are doing the will of God. So at the judgment seat of Christ, we can receive a full reward. Flip over to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse number 24. 1 Peter chapter 2 in verse number 20, 24, the Bible says this, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sin, should, not, should live under righteousness, by whose stripes ye were healed. 
Now, as we look at this verse, it's basically, you can break it down into three parts. The part of Jesus bearing our sins in his own body and the part of him healing us with our stripes at the end of the verse. But do you know what our part is? Live unto righteousness. We're designed to live unto righteousness. So at the judgment seat of Christ, he can look at our lives and go, hey, this man, this woman, this boy, or this girl, they were good and faithful, and they lived under righteousness. There's no reason to get to the judgment seat of Christ and be surprised if you do not get the results that you thought you should have, because he's laid out the blueprint here in the Word of God. And then in the book of Second John, the book of Second John, verse 8, 2 John, verse 8, the Bible says this, Look to yourselves that we lose not those things which we have wrought, but that we receive a full reward. So here John is telling us that you can receive a full reward, but you're going to have to look to yourself to do it. You're going to have to use the power of choice. You're going to have to exercise your volition to be able to, at the judgment seat of Christ, receive a full reward. And it seems very apparent from this verse, the Bible, the Bible says right there in the middle of the verse, that we lose not those things which we have wrought, that we can make the wrong choice and lose what it is that God has for us. There's no reason to live like that, that we should be able to get to the judgment seat of Christ and have boldness there at the judgment seat of Christ. We're dealing with, at the judgment seat of Christ, we're dealing with rewards that can be eternally lost, crowns that we're going to be able to place at the feet of the Savior, the one who lived for us and the one who died for us. I came up with some illustrations I think might be beneficial here, and I'm sure if you've been in a church any amount of time, you, you've went to church and seen somebody who wasn't dressed churchy, as we would say, and they kind of feel out of place. In that is going to be how you're going to feel at the judgment seat of Christ if you lose your reward. You're going to feel out of place. You'll feel, you feel like you don't belong there. That's how somebody feels when they come to church and they don't, and they're not, and they're not very churchy. They're not dressed appropriately. It'd be like standing in front of the president with your, with your pajamas on. It'd be like a soldier without a hat. It would be like a girl without her hair brushed. You know how sometimes girls will just sit around the house, and then if you could imagine her just jumping in the car and riding up to the store, she would feel embarrassed if she hadn't brushed her hair. The judgment seat of Christ is going to be way, way worse than that as far as the level of unbelief that we feel in that day when we realize the opportunity we had and we let it slip by without taking advantage of it. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 17. 1 John chapter 4 and verse number 17. The Bible says this, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as He is, so are we in this world. Now, of course, He didn't fit into the world, so we shouldn't fit into the world either. But I want to take this word boldness, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. And what John is saying here is that you can go to the judgment seat of Christ and you can be excited. You can go to the judgment seat of Christ and you can expect to receive a full reward. 
You can go to the judgment seat of Christ and not be ashamed. If you're faithful to God and your family, if you follow the preacher, if you tithe and give, if you love the brethren, if you pray, if you're faithful to study and apply the Word of God to your life, if you're faithful to the ministry that God has for you, you can be excited at the judgment seat of Christ. Why? Because you're going to see the fruit of your labor, the results of living the Christian life to the fullest potential that God has for each man, woman, boy, and girl. So you don't have to, we shouldn't go through life wondering how the judgment seat of Christ is going to turn out. We can know how the judgment seat of Christ is going to turn out by our actions day in and day out as we analyze our own life and look at our own circumstances and look at our own missed opportunities and look at our own character issues and we can know how the judgment seat of Christ is going to turn out for us. You can receive five crowns. You can receive all that God has for you. You can stand before God in boldness at the judgment seat of Christ. But you're going to have to be good and faithful. You're going to have to live under righteousness. You're going to have to look to yourself. You're going to have to use the power of choice. You're going to have to exercise your will and say, no, I'm going to do right each and every day that God gives me here on earth. And now as we close, I want to kind of go to the book of Hebrews, the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 17. I do want you to understand that I have not exhausted the judgment seat of Christ by any stretch of the imagination. I, even though we've done three podcasts on this, there is still so much to be learned. There's still so much to be gleaned. And that's my desire is just to spark that interest in your life to study and read the Word of God and be able to draw out your own encouragement for the judgment seat of Christ. But I do want to go to the book of Hebrews chapter 13 and verse number 17, and I want to read one verse, and then we'll be finished with the podcast for today. The Bible says this, Hebrews 13, 17, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves, for they watch for your souls as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for that is unprofitable for you. Now, of course, here in the book of Hebrews, chapter 13, we are dealing with the man of God. We're dealing with a pastor. We're dealing with the, over, the under-shepherd of the church. And it appears to me, scripturally speaking, that as you stand on that crystal pavilion before God, that God is going to look over at your preacher and call him forward because the Bible says he's going to give an account for our lives too, how we lived as a Christian, how we lived as a church member. You won't be alone at some point in time. Jesus is going to call your preacher up there to ask him how you lived. Now imagine that. He just watched you be judged for your life. And now he's been called up to give an account of your life before God. Now, how could we stand here in this day and be excited about God calling our preacher up and asking him how we lived? Well, first off, you could take the verse, obey them. You could obey him. And that means heed the preaching. 
When he preaches the word of God, you need to realize and we need to realize that it's not his opinion, but it's God's word that he's preaching. And he's doing it for your benefit. And he's doing it to help you and help your family. And when he gets up three times a week or four times a week or during revival meeting and he preaches that Bible, it's not him talking, but it's God talking. And he's trying to do that, not to be mean, hateful, or rude to you, but to try to get you to live for God. So in this day, so in this day, he can stand up and as he gives an account, he can say, yes, they listened to the preaching of the Word of God. They heeded it in their life. The Bible says that have the rule over you. Do you realize that the preacher or your pastor is the under-shepherd? That he is the one in charge, second to the Lord? He's, he's the one that has the rule. He's the one that's in charge. It's not a deacon board. It's not a committee. No, it's the preacher. And he's going to have to stand accountable one day for this on how he pastored the church, but you're going to have to stand accountable and we're going to have to stand accountable for how we heeded the messages that he gave. And could I just say, by way of side note, you shouldn't have a greater friend in the world than your preacher. There's nobody that loves you like your preacher loves you. There's nobody that when you're down and when you're out, he'll come to you and he'll pick you up and he'll help you, and he always sees the best in you and your family. Even maybe when we're not giving our best, he sees the best. And his desire is that we just live for God, and that we obey, that we obey God, and we love God, and we do the will of God. And his desire is towards you. He loves you. He cares about you. Now, some people have never experienced that. Number one, because they don't have a preacher. And it's possible that you're listening to this podcast and you don't have a preacher. You might be in a country where it's closed off and you can't go to church. And that part of your life is void. But for those of us who have a preacher, who have a man of God, it is expedient that we listen to them and realize that their position is not that to just be the boss and to be the general and to be the one who runs the show. But he's actually our friend that's trying to get us to live for God. The Bible says this, and submit yourselves. If you're in the verse, you can just follow along. Submit yourself. Remember that part about the volition? You have to make a choice. You have to make a choice. And sometimes a preacher is not always the easiest person to get along with. He's been fighting the devil. He's been fighting hell. He's been fighting the world. And he's got up and he's tried to preach the word of God. And sometimes it does sound a little rough, but it's not up to us to correct the preacher. It's up to God to correct the preacher. It's up to us to submit to what it is he says that's the will of God for our lives. And then look at this. Watch for your souls. Do you know he's doing all of this for our benefit? He's watching for our souls for our benefit. He watches for our benefit. He looks for our benefit. He prays for our benefit. He cares. He has given his life to the ministry, not so that he could earn a big paycheck, but so that he could help us and our families to live for God. And he's constantly watching for our souls. 
He's constantly analyzing things. He's constantly looking and going, could this be a problem? He's constantly looking and saying, do I need to preach on this? He's constantly looking and saying, oh my goodness, this one over here is really struggling. And he's watching for our souls. And then look at this, as they that must give account. He's the one giving account. He is judged for every church member that sits under him on how on how they respond to his preaching. He is judged for every church member that sits under him on how he listened to God before he preached the message. He has to give an a judgment, not just for himself and for his family, but for every person that sits under him. He has to give an account. So if he's God-called, if he's spirit-filled, it seems like to me it would be in his best interest to try to help us to live for God. And it seems like to me it would be in our best interest to follow him as he lives for God. If he preaches it and we don't do it, then we will stand accountable for being, for being neglectful of what it is that God has given to us. Look at this, that they may do it with joy. So there's an opportunity. There's an opportunity here for the preacher to walk up before the Lord and to say, hey, this person was everything I could ask for in a church member. Every time I needed some help around the church, they helped. They were faithful to the work of God. They listened to the preaching. They heeded the message. They did their part in the church. When I needed help, they were there to help me. And they weren't doing it for their own glory. They were doing it for the Lord. We could stand accountable to God if we'll make the right choice. And our preacher walk up there and say, it was just a pure joy to pastor these people. And they, they demonstrated the love of God in their life. Or, the Bible says, and not with grief. It could be grief for him. And do you know if you've got a man that's God called, he's got something else that he could have done to make a living, but he made a choice to pastor you and try to help you. And you don't want in that day to be embarrassed before the Lord and then for your pastor to come up there and start crying because you didn't listen to what he tried to say. It could be a grief to him. And if we've got... If we've ever, in this day and age, needed a man of God, we are in the day and age when we need a man of God. And if you've got a man of God, you ought to be thankful, but you ought to not grieve his heart. Do you know, I believe in this day, if you've got a God-called man of God, that he'll probably blame himself for, not, for, not, for you not receiving a full reward because he loves you that much. He cares about you that much. The Bible says, not with grief. And why? For that is unprofitable for you. It's unprofitable for you. You want to be profitable at the judgment seat of Christ? You want to receive a full reward? Well, obey your preacher. Heed the message and live for God. Make the right choice. Live righteously. Determine in your life that it's going to be a good and faithful servant is what you're going to hear from the Lord. And realize that you can have boldness in the day of judgment when you stand before the one 
who loved you enough to die for you. Well, I want to thank you again for joining us at the podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, you can forward them over to us by email at biblicalprinciples at juno.com. That's all lowercase letters, biblicalprinciples at juno.com. Thank you again, and have a wonderful day.